Our reading from the New Testament comes from the Gospel according to Luke chapter 4. The Gospel according to Luke chapter 4, and we're going to read verses 21 through 30. I hope some of you still remember the thread of the story because we started last Sunday to read at the beginning how Jesus arrived in his hometown, was invited into the synagogue, was given the role of Isaiah, and then he read a passage and sat down to talk to them. And this is where our reading picks up today, Luke chapter 4, verse 21. Listen for God's word for us. Then he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. They said, Is not this Joseph's son? He said to them, Doubtless you will quote to me this proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And you will say, do you also in your hometown the things that we have heard you did in Capernaum? And he said, truly I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a severe famine over all the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except to a widow at Seraphath in Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel in the time of the prophet Elijah, and many of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. When they heard this, all in the synagogue were filled with rage. They got up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built, so they might hurl him off the cliff. But Jesus passed through the midst of them and went on his way. Please pray with me. God of life, death, and resurrection, we are grateful for life and all its gifts. Increase in us the stuff that life is made of, faith, hope, and love but especially love that we may abide with you eternally through Jesus Christ our Lord. O Spirit of life and God of love, open our hearts and enter in, that hearing your word of love, we may become your love for others. Amen. On the Sabbath that Jesus preached in his hometown church in the synagogue, he read from Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Today, Jesus said, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And the people were pleased. They initially, in the beginning, liked this sermon because it was saying such nice things. And because they knew the scripture, 
They felt a little relieved that Jesus didn't continue to read about the day of the vengeance of God, which is the ending of this reading in Isaiah. Because they, brothers and sisters, I think like us, suspected that the day of the Lord may also be a day of reckoning for many people, maybe also for them. And then they began to think about the meaning of his words. And they were amazed. Amazed as in the sense, what did he just say? Once they realized the implication of what Jesus was saying, they began to question the authority with which he could say that. I mean, he, he, Joseph's son, the boy they saw growing up in their hometown, how could he claim to be the Messiah who would bring the reign of God which had been promised for so long? How, brothers and sisters, could he offer them the season of God's favor? Isn't he really saying that the words of Isaiah haven't been fulfilled so far because they haven't actually been listening. Just who does he think he is to talk to them like that? So what began as a beautiful scene, a story of a tender homecoming and maybe a great sermon suddenly turned ugly. Jesus, you see, expanded his gracious announcement by retelling two well-known stories from the history of Israel. And where the townspeople were only thinking about the good news of God's reign and how it would benefit them, how good they would have it in the future. I mean, it's good if no one is a captive and if no one is poor and if no one is blind. And then without saying it outright, Jesus said that the good news about God's kingdom and reign was better maybe accepted and had better responses among those outside their religious practices and beliefs. And so Jesus tells these two stories which stress the reality that God is unfolding new narratives that God is telling new stories not among the Israelites, not among the people of the church and the synagogue, but in the strangest and in the lives of the most unexpected people. In the land that was drought-stricken, Jesus said, there were many widows, both Jews and non-Jews. Yet when God had to act and be good to someone God chose one, a non-Jew, to make God's presence and God's power known. And we know the story that we hear in Isaiah, uh, no, in 1 Kings chapter 17, where Elijah was sent to a widow, and how he healed the widow's son, resurrected him from the dead, a miracle which surpassed the miraculous food provided by the widow. You remember that meal in a jar and a little oil in a jug which never ran, ran out? But when this happened to the widow, 
she acclaimed, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. And the second story of Naaman the Syrian who was healed when he su suffered from leprosy. Second Kings chapter 5. When no Israelite who suffered from leprosy was healed, God went, sent his prophet to Naaman and he was healed to prove that God's work and healing was not limited to the people who claimed God as their God. Wasn't limited to, to people who knew exactly what God wanted and relied on the fact that they were God's chosen people. God, brothers and sisters, is also present with and works in the lives of those other people. And maybe I think Jesus meant also to tell them that God prefers to work with the outsiders since their stories and beliefs are not yet calcified. I mean, what they believe about God is not yet fossilized, did not become stone, because they believe in God is alive and changing them every day. I mean, like many of the things about God that we prefer to believe because it has come such a long way with us and because they are easy to believe. So when the people in the synagogue heard the two stories which they knew so well but preferred to ignore, they became, became angry. Whereas earlier they spoke well of Jesus and thought he was, it was a great message. Now Jesus dared to expand on his me message and they heard that this gracious message may not have as much effect on them as on those who were outsiders of cult and religion. And they were furious. They were so angry that one of their own people had the audacity to sit in their church and suggest that they would not be the instrument for the unfolding of God's new continuing story. I wonder, I wonder how far I should push this to make all of us realize what is happening in Luke. Because you see, we who call ourselves Presbyterians of Mount Pleasant, we did not arrive in a utopia among people who think like we think and do like we do and live like we live when we say we believe in God and when we worship together on a Sunday and when we have accepted the truth about Jesus, the Messiah of God. In spite of being members of this great church, we are still living in a messy world. And brothers and sisters, like other people, we have to make sense of everything, have to make sense of the way our faith has meaning for our everyday lives, how our faith in the Christ changed the way, I said last week, in which we treat each other my spouse and the people outside and whoever. I mean, what, what would we do if we began to talk about the implications of our faith in Jesus in practice? The way that we treat or have treated each other, 
the way that we talk about each other. What if we start to talk about how do we then view the death penalty and abortion and politics and uh, January 6th, if I may say, and COVID? And as someone said in the past week to me, those lately policies, those policies pushed lately by the PCUSA like Black Lives Matter and same gender marriage. What is happening in us right now? I know, brothers and sisters, how long pastors last when they stop their skillful dance around the sensitive, practical, and technical issues in the world that we live in. And yet this is what Jesus came to do, to give us language to talk about those things. Not immediately become angry. But Luke tells the story of God's new beginnings with the ancient, well-known stories as basis. This is God's story of a new beginning built on the solid foundation of people of faith who heard the stories and people who responded with changed lives in this world. And then Luke goes on to tell how this story continues while some people are left behind in their old stories. In the calcified and petrified and fossilized faith because they just couldn't take it that God is so much different. Brothers and sisters, God is still at work as God has been at work across the millennia, transforming people and communities, unfolding new stories with and through and among people who are believers, as well as those who are seen as the outsiders. And when Luke continues his story, he tells us the good news of a Messiah who is concerned about all the people, those who are following him, those who are rejected, those who have not always been part of the church, people who have been cast aside by society and the church. And I thought maybe Luke's reference to Jesus going to the synagogue as was his custom is not at all that innocent either. It also has to mean something for us who has a good habit and a good custom of gathering on a Sunday to worship God. But the people that day in the synagogue when they heard that God's love cannot be limited and that God cannot be forced to work only for the church people, those people tried to kill the Jesus and shut the messenger down. Even the suggestion that God cared for and loved outsiders, and not only those who called themselves people of God, was just too much. And maybe, brothers and sisters, I don't know. I'm still listening to stories of Mount Pleasant. But I, but I know in how many places it has proven that this message is too much for us. That sometimes it's too much for us to hear that everything in the Bible is not as clear as glass. That it's not black and white like we think it is, but that there are 256 shades of gray in between for which we as Christians have to have an answer and have to talk to because it's our lives nowadays. 
and sometimes what we have always believed to be true in the Bible may just be a myth designed by history. By the way, my faithful father understood God. You see, God does not quietly accept our own worn-out stories. The stories so smoothed over and sweetened by self-righteousness and comfort, stories about Jesus loves me. The good news in Jesus the Christ, the Messiah is sometimes shocking and infuriating and bad news to, to everyone who thinks they know God well. This good news that we were supposed to rejoice about often shocks us to anger and often gives us enough reason to simply leave our faith family to go and find a church where we can worship and where we are not getting upset because the word of God is proclaimed to us where we can find a version of the good news that we like. Or this good news can shock us to faithfulness and call us to be part of a new story, a continuing story, a story about people from everywhere, from every orientation who live as God's family in the world. Brothers and sisters, the complexities of world history and amid the complexities of COVID and everything that happened here at Mount Pleasant in the past 20 or 30 years or the past 10 months or 12 months. In the midst of all that, we have to face a frightening possibility. We have to face a reality, I think, that God is unfolding a new narrative, maybe without us, because we are stuck in the old story. We just don't know what this new story will be for us and what it will be for Mount Pleasant Church. Or do we? Jesus passed through the midst of them and then went on his way. This time he got away. But later they would kill him and, uh, because he showed them that God's new story continues and that God continues to tell a story in this world, maybe without them. Amen.